Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. This is Nick back with another detailed car collection episode. If you want to check us out, check us out on Facebook, HyperClean Specialist. In that group, we have everybody sharing their work, asking questions finding out about products, asking questions of other detailers and car enthusiasts. So it's a great place to connect. It's a great place to get familiar with products in the brand. If you're not already familiar, go in there, share your work, have a little fun, ask some questions. That's the whole purpose of it. If you want to check us out, obviously, you can check out the store at hypercleanstore.com. So now we got that out of the way. Let's talk about the week. Record breaking week. I'll say it again. Records were smashed this week. Mercedes Benz Silver Arrow has been sold for $142 million. Wow, that's a big number. So here was my connection to this. I was told middle to late April, I had gotten a contact with a couple collectors that Mercedes Benz was going to actually be holding a sale themselves. Now they had a broker who was involved in, in brokering all these deals with, with 10. I was told at the time, somewhere between 10 and 15 collectors were going to be invited to this Mercedes event. And they were basically going to get an opportunity to buy one of the vehicles. Uh, I believe Mercedes has two of these. Don't quote me on that. I believe this is one of them. And it's one of the original cars from a motor wagon uh, i think it's if i'm not mistaken this is carl benz's patent motor wagon uh excuse me let me let me look this up i don't want to misspeak yeah yeah sorry carl benz's patent motor wagon of 1886 has sold one of its treasure silver arrow racing cars for 142 million. Yeah. So it's one of the race cars. And I just want to make sure that I got that right, guys. I apologize. So I was told of this event and I didn't really know what to think about it because the two people that were telling me about it weren't going to go. They were like, ah, that, you know, we've kind of been reached out to, but, you know, that's not, that's not really my thing. Um, so we talked about it a little bit. And the question is, you know, where does this rank? Well, first of all, the most special vehicle that's been at auction and, and traded for the most money in people's hands is a, is a Ferrari 250 GTO. One sold at Monterey for uh, 2018 um, and one sold privately uh, for about 70 million. Okay. In 2018. And this kind of gets to the point that I've said on this podcast many different times is that you're in a position where most of the big time sales will happen privately. They'll happen at private events. They'll happen collector to collector. They'll happen, you know, uh, a broker gets a hold of a car, brokers a deal, uh, privately. That's kind of how these things go. So anyway, this silver arrow, goes for 142 million. You're talking about double a Ferrari 250 GTO. 
I mean, that, that, that's a crazy staggering number. Now you've got to assume that this is a great bet for a car because I think it's one of two that they have. Okay. Uh, I want to say it's only two. They may have a couple more, okay? But they only have two that I was aware of. So when you look at this situation for Mercedes, I don't really know why they're doing it, to be honest with you. I mean, that, that'll come out. Somebody will do that story. And that's really not important to us. But here's what's crazy is that you look at a Ferrari 250 GTO, which is largely considered one of the top collector cars in the world that you can own in your collection. And this just doubled it up. Now, the craziest part about this is they had interest. That's how it got to this point. So you have 10 people invited to this private event. I'm sure they had chefs there. They're doing all this stuff. They're whining and dining them. And they sell one of these cars for $142 million. And basically smash any records that we have publicly of what somebody may have paid for a car. And that's a big deal. Considering you have the market down 20 30%. You have Bitcoin and, and crypto getting smashed for this to kind of happen when it did. Is it showing you the absolutely tip top of the market before everything crashes or is just, this just such a special vehicle. It doesn't matter. Whoever's got that kind of money is going to buy it in the, in the middle of a recession or they're going to buy it at the top. It doesn't matter. They want the car. Uh, I think it's probably the latter. The, these kind of cars are recession proof. When, when, when billionaires want these types of vehicles, they're going to do whatever they can get. They can do whatever they have to do to get the vehicle. And so this is really not a, an indictment on the car business at all. You know, I had a lot of people reach out to me this week, send me text messages. Hey, have you heard blah, blah, blah. I had a lot. This car is so far outside the car world. Okay. Even though it's, it's great to talk about, it really doesn't matter in the scheme of things, because this is such a special vehicle they're absolutely going to sell this for 150 plus million dollars the next time they sell it, right? Like it, this thing's not going to go down in value. This is this is the 1% of the 1%. When you're dealing in the 1% cars, this is how they trade hands. So I think it's pretty interesting that Mercedes held this event, that they had 10 plus. Uh, I, I was told even closer to 15 were invited. I'm not sure all 15 showed up, uh, but it was neat. You know, I heard in the middle of April that this was coming. And for it to come to fruition, because a lot of times they don't, people back out, uh, manufacturers may back out, manufacturers have held sales like this a lot. Uh, McLaren has an incredible collection of manufacturer owned vehicles. I'm pretty sure that's how they finance most of their, 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 uh, their business, to be honest with you, is it's lent on their car collection. So this is not rare, but it is pretty rare for a car. Uh, of this magnitude to be let out of Mercedes site. And the crazy thing is, is I think there's a bunch of stipulations with this car. I think you're going to have to take it to certain car shows. It's going to be a commitment by the owner. You're going to have to, you know, you're going to have to be on board with whatever Mercedes want, wants done with this car. And I actually talked to two collectors that told me that's why they weren't going. They, they're not the type of collectors that is going to, they don't want to deal with the manufacturer. So there's actually some stipulations with this car, which makes the price even more shocking. But I think it's incredibly cool to see something like this sold. I also want the story behind the story. Why is it being sold? What was the reasoning? What are they doing? Uh, you know, are, there, are they in need of some type of immediate cash flow on some type of project they're working on? Who knows? Uh, you know, I'm sure it's none of those things, but it's always interesting to talk about.
Let's talk about something else today. So I had a customer who had a situation at a dealership. And dealerships are oftentimes something that everybody talks with complete disdain, especially if you're in the car business like detailers are, or you know, you're a mechanic. We all have these things we talk about in our circles about how bad the dealership is. I've always had a more realistic approach to the dealership. I've shared it on our podcast a lot. Dealerships are excellent at distributing product. You know, they're excellent distributors of cars. Because think about it, I can go down the street and buy a $100,000 vehicle right now, $500,000 vehicle right now in the city of Las Vegas. It's pretty incredible. Doesn't mean it's a perfect system, but I've always understood it. And I've always looked at it as I understand it. So it doesn't bother me. So I had a customer of mine. She's been with me about 12 years. She's been through six Lexus, Lexuses, excuse me, SUVs the entire time I've known her. Never bought anything else. So I had thought we'd gotten to a point, her and I, where she understood how to handle herself in a dealership. Well, this week I got a call and it wasn't a great call. It was a call that is really unfortunate that it happens, but we're going to talk through it. We're going to understand it. We're going to try to come out on the other side with a different perspective. So she orders this Lexus SUV, which by the way, she didn't need. She had a big Lexus, a big Lexus SUV that she wanted to get rid of and get back into the mid-sized RX type SUV. Fine. I think it's a downgrade, but that's what she likes. So she tell me she has it on order and she'll tell me when it gets in, then it gets in. And I get a call this week of, well, to pick up my vehicle, I had to pay a $2,500 fee for them to prep the vehicle. And I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, well, they put this interior and exterior coating and these door guards on and you know, you have to do one of their packages or they don't release the vehicle to you. I said, well, that's not true. You ordered the vehicle from Lexus. They're delivering it to, to them. We get cars delivered with the plastic still on it. So that's not true. So what happened? As I dug into the conversation, what I realized is this older woman was bullied at the dealership. She was made to believe that if she didn't cut a $2,500 check on the spot, they weren't going to let her drive away with her new car. Now, here's the ironic part of this story. She has a 10 plus year relationship with the general manager and with the sales rep that she used. So she's convinced they're all friends and they take care of me over there and I get special treatment because I've ordered cars and, you know, I've bought so many from them. But here's the truth. And I said this to her on the phone call this week. They're not your friends. It's not legal to tell you you have to do something to pick the car up. It was your car ordered directly from Lexus. So your relationship was with Lexus, not actually this dealership. They should have sold you the car. Why didn't you call me? Now, the irony of this, again, is this woman about four or five years ago called me on a Saturday night about 9 p.m. when I was at a fight, three rows off the ring for a Terrence Crawford fight. And for those of you who know me, know that I'm a huge fight fan. Called me while sitting at a, this same dealership while they were trying to sell her a PPF package. I talked her off the ledge. I talked to the guy. 
She's been through this before. So what happened? Well, let's start with the dealership side of things. And there is something I'm a little bit shocked by. So let's talk about the economics of dealerships. A lot of dealerships were pinched by manufacturers over the last 10 to 15 years on how much money they were actually making on cars. Toyota was the worst offender, probably. Ford, Chevy, they were all pretty bad. Okay. When, until you got up into the big luxury brands, a lot of dealerships weren't making very much per car. They were making something, but not the type of profit they should have been making. And it's because manufacturers were squeezing the profit on the dealership end. So dealerships got really heavy into finance, really heavy into uh, finance products like warranties, et cetera. Another reason why we try to tell the truth about warranties uh, several times in this podcast, it's just it's a scummy way to do business, but I understood the finance office stuff by dealerships because I understood they needed to make a bigger profit to stay in business. I never really took offense to it. And even to today, it doesn't affect me at all because I'm never going to buy any garbage from any dealer ever in my life. But we still have customers that deal with detailers, that deal with mechanics to get caught up in these dealership schemes like this woman did. And so we sit here and we have this conversation. We say, Man, dealerships are scummy. Yep. Dealerships are bad people. Yep. Dealerships are never going to do the right thing. Yep. All of that stuff is true. But it doesn't keep people from getting burned. This woman knew better. She felt when she was telling me the story, I could hear it in her voice. She felt like they used her and her relationship and trusting nature against her. She knew that they weren't actually putting any protection on the car. We all know that they took it in the back and luckily if it even got sprayed with anything, but at the most it was probably sprayed with some type of quote unquote ceramic soap. We all know the tricks. We all know what's going on. Here's the irony for me, and here's a little bit of the, the, the coincidence type stuff that I don't understand now. I got a bunch of people that I know in the NADA, the, the National Auto Dealers Association meeting. We had these conversations, and they're, they're just a clueless bunch. They don't care about customers. They never have. It's never been about that. It's been about churning and burning. But here's one of the craziest things about all of this, is that during the pandemic, Auto dealers were able to make a real profit on cars, even on entry-level cars, used cars. They're making huge money. So you had no reason from basically 2020 to now, 2019 to now, you have almost zero reason to be taking, taking advantage of people in the finance office. Almost zero reason. But here we are. Here's a woman who gets taken advantage of by a dealership, by a finance product. They made plenty of money on the car. So now you're in a position where you say for 10 or 15 years prior to this, we all, if you understood the business of dealerships, the finance stuff made sense because they needed to start making a profit somewhere. The car profit was being shrunk by the manufacturer. But now you start making the biggest money you've ever made on cars in 50 years and you still can't do the right thing. 
And let me flip it to the other side, which everybody wants to say to be obvious. If you know you can sell $5,000 worth of protection products on a car, which they sell regularly, five, $10,000 worth of protection products, why not just do it properly? Bottle of coating, 50 bucks per car. Let's just say that's the cost. Pay, pay somebody, pay a company, pay whoever, $50,000, $60,000 a year to come install all your ceramics. There's a bunch of detailers and detailing companies that would sign up for that. You get to do right by the customer. Wow. Here's a thought. Let's say you pay $1,000 per car on a $5,000 ceramic sold. You walk away with $4,000 profit as a dealership, but you did the right thing. I'll tell you what I told her. Yep. This is what we're having a conversation about. I just shared the same example I, with you guys that I shared with her. And I said, it makes all the sense in the world that they would absolutely positively do that, except they want to make $4,999 out of $5,000. They don't want to do the right thing. Manufacturers are trying like hell to stop the markups. Ford is dealing with it right now. Again, Ford Lightning is coming out. $95,000 off the lot, regularly being sold by dealerships for $115,000 now. A freaking truck made by Ford. If you pay that, I don't really feel bad for you because you're, you're an imbecile. I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. There's not a Ford other than Ford GT that you should be paying six figures for. That's on you. But it's also on Ford and their distribution network of dealers where they just can't do the right thing. This pandemic has proven for the final time, they're never going to do the right thing. So you can't walk into a dealership with a smile on your face and shake everyone's hand and think they're going to be your buddy. I've shared this, I believe, but if I haven't, here it is again. X5M BMW used on a BMW lot. I was all pumped. Hey, man, I want to come look at it. I, want, I would love to buy that car. What happened? We get there, they don't have the right size tires on the vehicle. And they won't rectify it. So I have to walk out. Because they're not going to do the right thing. Reconditioning cars is not even at the level here in Las Vegas that it was three years ago. You've never made more money. And now you can't recondition the vehicles better on a used side. You're just going to do away with it altogether. Because again, when they sell something for a hundred grand, they want to make every nickel, no matter how much they've made. Five thousand dollar protection package, do a thousand dollars worth of quality work and keep four thousand dollars of it. It's asking too much. So I have to tell this woman. So we go and we check the Lexus out yesterday. We take some cleanse. Our our uh, prep soap, basically. And there's nothing on the car, guys. There's nothing on the car. $2,500 cash check is gone, and they couldn't be bothered to put a $50 ceramic coating installation on. $100, $200. $
$500. What's it matter? We all know products that work. I mean, hell, if they put Uno on the car, it's better than 99.9% of dealerships. At least it's something that works. Are you still underselling for $2,500? Hell yes, you are. But at least it's respectable. But we look at this all day, every day. And what we find out, what we have the knowledge of, what we see happening is that they're never going to do the right, right thing. The pandemic was, was a great time for them to get back to, to square and, and start to do business differently. They're not going to do business differently. They're worried that Tesla can sell cars direct. They're not worried about servicing their customers better. Let me tell you who should be worried about Tesla. Nobody who's doing business the proper way. You want to know why? Tesla is horrific to deal with. So if I was a dealership group, why would I be at a convention in Las Vegas bitching about Tesla selling direct? If I know that Tesla has all these boneyards of Teslas that have died, that all this stuff they were saying at the meeting, if, if Tesla's horrific and you do business so well and you take care of your customers, what the hell do you care about Tesla? Well, this story proves. No, 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 no. They don't care about Tesla. They don't care about the customers. They care about not having, any, having anybody encroach on their monopoly over selling cars. See, it's not about you and I, the car buyer. It's about having complete control over car distribution. Now, people need to stop advocating that Ford go direct, that Chevy go direct, that Ferrari go direct. These, that would be a complete disaster for you, the consumer. For those of you that have never talked to a manufacturer, you have no idea what you're asking for. So don't act like that's the, 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 the way we should go. Ford is not going to be better customer service. It's going to be worse customer service than a dealership, exponentially worse. Because Ford's going to be centrally located a billion miles away from you. So unless you live in Detroit, Ford isn't going to care. Tesla can't get it right. Rivian and, and Lucid and these companies coming out, good luck to them. Have you, have you seen the charging issues that come up all the time all over the internet? They're not rectifying any of that. They can't. EVs are going to give us incredible opportunity to have car companies come out, but you don't, you need somebody that's going to be customer service centric. And unfortunately, dealerships are the best that we have. So the only hope that we have is really to talk to customers and talk them into one way of doing business. So let me share this to finish this all out today, by the way. Uh, well, we'll get to something else before I finish. So. There's really no need to have a real estate agent when you buy a home or you buy rental property or anything like that. And I'm lucky enough to have, to, to have dealt with this world a little bit. You can basically pay like a thousand bucks, 1500 bucks, get a real estate attorney. They'll, they'll cross every T and dot every I for you. And, and they'll actually do a much better job than most real estate agents. But the real estate agents gives you tickets into houses early, maybe that aren't on the market. They network. Now we're talking about great real estate agents, not just the run of the mill real estate agents. 
So real estate agents can help you get a deal. So it's kind of advantageous to have a great real estate agent because they kind of walk you through some things that maybe the real estate attorney wouldn't have. So even though I can get a lot of things done with a real estate attorney, one of the realities of a real estate agent, even though most people will tell you you don't need one, is that a great real estate agent will get you into different homes, different properties that other people don't have access to. So here's where I settle on car dealerships and how they should be handled. We do and, and buy a lot of cars for our clients where the, we're the point of contact. We had two Broncos delivered this week, wild track editions. For those of you following HyperClean store on Instagram, you saw those. We had two of them in the shop. I took delivery. I dealt with the paperwork. I dealt with the dealership. There wasn't a single cent that was overcharged on those vehicles. Matter of fact, one of the vehicles, we had a $12,000 fee taking off because they wanted to play that this was a problem or that was a problem or you didn't do this or this is in high demand. So we actually saved ourselves about $12,000 on one of these deals because I was there in the deal, right? I was there to help my customer. So as we look around and as we have this discussion, I already do this service for a lot of my customers. Now, this customer has a husband. Her husband doesn't really want anybody involved, but him and her, all good. So here's where we have to settle on it. We don't need a real estate agent, but it's advantageous to have a great real estate agent. As we enter a world where cars are regularly $100,000 or more, you need to have somebody representing you when you go to the car dealership. And this is something the detailer listening to us or the car enthusiasts, you could build a business around this. I built a, a fairly decent sized portion of my business doing this. I'm going to represent my customers with the dealership. And if the car doesn't arrive the way we said it needed to arrive, we're going to deny delivery and we're going to start over again. And we've done that recently on a Mercedes that I shared on the podcast. But we are now in a place where we have undeniable truth and undeniable facts, I should say, that dealerships are not going to do the right thing ever, even when they're presented the opportunity to make money on cars at the reasonable level, they're not going to get rid of the other junk. And they're never going to, you know, do the right ceramic coating install. And they're never going to do high quality PPF work. It's all good. Took advantage of an older woman and her husband, because you could. It's all good. So guess what I told her? No worries. We'll get it right for you. That's what she's worried about. And on your next car purchase, please let me represent you. And she agreed. They're going to be buying a truck for their husband. Her husband's agreed. We're going to be representing. And there's not going to be any of this foolishness. It's not going to be any paying over sticker. There's not going to be any of this, I got to buy this and I got to buy this processing fee and this dock fee. No, it isn't. Sell me the car. I'll pay you fair market value. I'm not trying to get a deal. Tell me what the fair market value is for the car, which we'll double check. We're not going to pay over sticker. We're going to order what we want. You're going to deliver it with the plastic on and we're going to move on with our day. But we're in a place, man, where I'm not, I'm not mad at dealerships. I'm not worked up about, you know, I'm not the guy on Instagram. Look what the dealership did to this car. Ha, ha, ha. That's corny to me. 
Let's come up with a solution. And there's the solution. Do pre-purchase inspections with your customers. Uh, do pre-purchase inspections if you're a car enthusiast and you really are very knowledgeable about what you're looking at. There's a lot of pre-inspection stuff we can do. But when it comes to new cars, do not get bullied in the finance office. And that's what happened to her. She had no education, even though she knew better. I told her never to buy anything at the dealership. She's known for 12 years. She still felt as if they weren't going to release her car unless she paid the $2,500 for the BS coating. We got to start advocating for customers to have representation with dealerships. Cars are just too expensive. And let's leave with this. Big announcement from Cadillac. Escalade now basically has a, a V Blackwing version. For those that have listened to me, I tried to buy a CT4 V Blackwing, uh, six-speed manual. They wanted 15 over sticker. Wasn't going to do that, especially for a Cadillac. But the Escalade suggested price is $150,000 for this Blackwing Escalade. Look. You're not going to get me to defend Escalade. I still don't think they have it perfectly right. It still sits kind of funky, but I mean, this SUV is going to be insane from a speed perspective. I'm all in on the nutso engines they're putting in these Blackwing. Uh, I love that Cadillac is building this stuff. I don't love 150000 for a Cadillac Escalade. You can count me out. But I did try to buy a CT4V Blackwing four-door sedan with a six-speed manual. I love what Cadillac's doing with their Blackwing line. I love what they're doing with the CTV line. I love what Cadillac's doing. Is it going to sell? Yeah, they're going to sell these. They're going to sell like hotcakes, but they're not going to make that many of them. And my guess is you're going to have a litany of problems with this vehicle. I want to share something that we're kind of seeing resurrected in these types of vehicles, not, not just Cadillac or the CTV Blackwing series or any of that. We are seeing so many engine problems from cars that are being built during this pandemic. And, and then you need to be cautious. So while I want this vehicle to be as badass as it looks, my guess is we're going to see a lot of blown motors in this because I just have a gut feeling trying to do this now is just trying to cash in on the insane prices they're able to get. I understand it, but my guess is you'll see a ton of blown engines out of this Escalade Blackwing, no doubt about it. Anyway, guys, I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for the continued support. Everybody have a great weekend.